With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Special hello, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Got a great podcast for you today as we are going worldwide, not just with our picks, but with our guests as well. Jiho Yu, he does a great job of being able to cover the KBO for Yonhap News out in Seoul. He actually is, I believe, the lone person that covers the KBO that is actually speaking English with Yonhap News. So, going to be great to get him on. He's going to tell us just a little bit more about the basics with the KBO, his big takeaways from a little bit over a week into the season, and so much more. So, we're going to have a good time with that. And he's also going to be talking about just what sort of an atmosphere we get in the KBO once Fans do pack the Saints. It does seem like it is going to be a little bit of a while before we do get fans in the Saints just because there has been, unfortunately, a little bit of an outbreak of COVID-19 in South Korea. But with that said, going to be great to get them on in the second segment and in the final segment. Going to be giving you a side in total on every game on the KBO betting board and a little something we like to call touch them all. First things first, always like answering your Twitter questions. At GUnit underscore 81 is where you're able to fire them in. If you send them via DM, well, the letters DM to me mean does not matter, but if you send these into the timeline, more than happy to give you an answer. I must have done a thorough job yesterday. I went through quite a few yesterday, did not get in any today, so if you have anything that you'd like answered on tomorrow's podcast, feel free to fire it in. It can be betting-based, KBO-based, pretty much anything aside from the last four, my social security number, more than happy to answer. But let's take a look back at yesterday in the KBO, try to find some 
some trends, try to get to know these teams a little bit better, and so much more. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The struggles for the Hanwha Eagles on offense are very, very real. They wind up falling to 2-6 and six on the campaign as they lose to the Kia Tigers by a count of 4-3. By the way, for Hanwha, they have scored more than three runs once so far this year. So, needless to say, they have been very much an under-team so far this year. And if you take a look at the Eagles, what's been very intriguing about a lot of their games is that they score a lot of their runs within the first five innings. They wound up plating all three of their runs in the first five innings, and then from there, they just could not get into the Kia bullpen as Lee Min-Woo wound up giving the Kia Tigers a, I guess you could call it average start. He went five innings. He gave up three runs, all of which were earned. He had a 543 ERA last year, so this is pretty par for the course for him. But with the Kia Tigers, they do not give up a single run out of the bullpen in four innings. They give up just one hit, so they did a very good job of being able to hold down the fort with that regard. And for Anwar, they did a very good job themselves of being able to come out of the bullpen and give some good relief. Three innings of relief from their bullpen. They give up just one hit, no earned runs, but Jing Shi Huan wound up giving up four runs, three of which were earned in his start as well, so a little bit of an issue there. And for Anwa, this is a team that they're really needing to get their American-born position player in Jared Hoying going. He's only hitting a 250 so far this year with one home run. The last two years in the KBO combined 48 home runs, so that certainly has been a little bit of an issue for them. What has been an issue for the KT Wiz, who, as you guys know from listening to this podcast, they are known as the Smiling Blobs. What their issue is, bullpen pitching, as they had another blown save Wednesday morning. Lee Dae-Oon has blown two saves and has taken two losses so far this year. The KT Wiz, as a collective, have one win so far. They wind up losing to the NC Dinos by a count of 5-4 to four in extra innings, and this was a very interesting game as... KT was able to extend this game and at one point take a lead thanks to a pair of home runs. Kim Min-ook wound up going yard for this team. He has been doing a very bad job at the plate to say the least so far this year, hitting a buck 25, but he came up big in that spot. And then the cleanup hitter for this team, Yuhan Jun, he wound up going yard. This is someone that hit a combined 34 home runs the last few years for KT. This was his first of the campaign, so you got to think that that might be able to get him going. But with KT, they were able to get a good start out of William Huevas. He won six innings. He gave up one solo home run. That was the only run that he gave up. But then the bullpen. They go three and two-thirds innings. They give up four runs, three of which were earned. And for the NC Dinos, bullpen pitching has not necessarily been their forte either. They give up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of four innings themselves. And they had to feel heartened that Mike Wright, after a little bit of a rough start in his first go with Samsung, he had a very good start in this one. Six innings, he gives up one run. He did give up five hits and two walks, but did a very good job of evading danger, as Mr. Huevas did as well. The Lote Giants have scored at least seven runs in all but one of their games so far this year, and they take down the Doosan Bears by kind of 10 to 9. In this one, Doosan had nobody to blame but themselves for this loss. They issue as a collective nine walks in nine innings. Needless to say, that is called not good as Young Ha Lee wound up going five innings in this game. He winds up giving up five runs, but only two of which were earned. There were a pair of errors by Dusan that caused three unearned runs, so there's your big difference in the game right there as Sojun Wan wound up getting the start for Lote. This is someone that has never really been a great starter. He's only 19 years old, 547 ERA with a 4-11 record last year. He got touched up in this one. He wound up giving up five hits 
a home run as being able to take him deep was Kim Jae-Hwan. He wound up having a home run in this one, his fourth of the campaign that is tied for the league league. And then you also had Woo Jae-il go yard in this one as well for Dusan. But for Lotte, Deho Lee wound up being back in the lineup after he wound up, when we're going to talk about this a little bit later with our man Jiho Yu. He wound up being pulled out of the team's game Tuesday morning due to, I think it was heat stroke or maybe tweaked something, but he had two hits and two RBI in this one. And for Lotte, their lone home run came off the bat of Min Byung Hun. He was a pinch hitter in this one, so this was late in the game, but you just had a bunch of guys give you two RBI as four different guys. That was the difference for Lotte. The difference for Samsung in their game against the Kiwoom Heroes was being able to get some good pitching. 5-0, to zero, they get the win in this one. If you know David Buchanan, you know his strikeouts per nine innings rate, no matter what level of baseball he's been at. He's been at the Japanese level, AAA. He used to pitch in the major leagues for the Philadelphia Phillies. About five strikeouts per nine innings. That was not the case Wednesday morning. He wound up delivering a seven-inning gem. He winds up striking out eight, gives up just two hits. He was absolutely superb after getting touched up in his first start against NC. And then from there, the bullpen was able to complete the shutout. As for Kiwoom, they wound up having a little bit of a tough time of it as Choi Wante wound up giving the team, I would call it a pretty decent start. He winds up going seven and third innings. He did give up four runs, but the thing is only two of them were earned. He had six strikeouts of his own. Did not give up a single walk, but the difference for the Samsung Lions was being able to get a home run late in the game off the bat of Lee Sung-gyu. Entered into the season with two career home runs. Well, he's already got two home runs in this young season in 24 at-bats, so certainly he looks to be turning things around, and for Ki-woom, they wound up having one hit after the first inning in this one, so needless to say, they weren't able to do a lot, and you know who else wasn't able to do a lot? The SKY Verns on defense, as LG winds up putting up two touchdowns, they just completely destroy the Y Verns by a count of 14-2, he had a feel for Ricardo Pinto in this one. He winds up giving up nine runs before anyone gives him a mound visit in the second inning. He winds up going four and two-thirds innings, and this is one of the strangest lines that you're ever going to see. He gave up seven hits, ten runs, but only three of which were earned. LG had an eight spot in the second inning. One of those runs was earned. You had a booted ball by the second baseman. You had a terrible can of corn play that should have been made, and it wasn't. I know that I believe that it was in the third inning. The catcher had the ball in his mitt. He should have made a tag on a guy that was coming home. He did not. I mean, the list of mistakes by this team goes on and on. As for SK, this is a team that is currently riding now a five-game losing streak. They are 1-6. and six. They are at the bottom of the KBO. And for LG, this is a team that you got to give them some credit. They're really getting things going. You may remember this name because he began his career with the Baltimore Orioles and the Philadelphia Phillies a few years ago in the MLB. Kim Moon Su, he wound up being able to give the team three hits, two RBI. And what's incredible is that LG had the 14 runs without a single home run. And they were able to get a tremendous start out of their pitcher in Lim Chung Gu. He winds up going six innings. He gives up just one run. This is a guy that's had at least a 4.53 ERA in every one of his years in the KBO ever since 2012, but was certainly able to put it together in this one in his first start of the year. Seven strikeouts. Wyverns have been towards the bottom of the league along with the Hanwha Eagles when it comes to offense. And right now, if you're taking a look at the standings, LG is starting to charge at 4-3 and three, along with the Doosan Bears. The Kiwoo Mirrors are 6-2. and two. NC Dinos and the Lotte Giants are 6-1. and one. And then you've got the Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs, and Wyverns at 1-6. and six. Eagles are 2-6. and six. And then you got the Samsung Lions randomly at 3-5 and, and the Kia Tigers at 4-4. Four and four. So a little bit of a wrap-up as to what we all saw. 
from the KBO on Wednesday morning. Obviously, there was a lot of errors, but a man that does not commit any errors whatsoever. As a matter of fact, he is absolutely tremendous at what he does. Ji-Ho-Yu, he covers the KBO for Yonhap News. We're going to talk to him about what we've all seen so far this year. Keep in mind, I did do this interview just before the Wednesday morning games just because there is quite a time difference between the United States and South Korea. So I do want to throw out there that disclaimer, but a great chat with G.O.U. is coming up on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Now it is that time that we go worldwide as we go to South Korea as this is someone that does a great job of being able to cover the KBO for Yonhap News. You can follow on Twitter at Jiho1. That is J-E-E-H-O underscore one. Does a great job of being able to cover the KBO in English form out there in South Korea. I know that... Actually, English has been very, very prevalent in South Korea the last couple of years. So it is one of those places in which if you're someone from the States like myself and you visit over there, it would be a little bit of an easier transition than in other countries as it is Jiho Yu joining me right here on the podcast. And Jiho, great to have you on today. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. How are you? It is great to have you on. Thank you so much. And I know you're someone that you actually started out your life in Fountain, Canada. What actually led you to becoming a KBO reporter? Because I'm so interested about it. I'm sure that a lot of people, much like myself, just got into the KBO first couple of weeks because we've got the MLB on hiatus. And I know that you've been covering it for quite a while and you know all about this league. I was born in Korea and I spent a few years in Toronto, went to high school and uh, university, as we call it up there. And then I came back. Long story short, you know, wanted to become a sports writer for the longest time. You know, I played baseball a little bit growing up, and obviously I was not good enough to play professionally, but I wanted to do something with my life that had something to do with baseball or sports. And I found my calling, I guess, in writing, and sports writing was just a natural path for me, it seemed like. This is my uh, 16th year writing news, uh, covering sports. I've done it probably, I think, 14 out of those 16. KBO, yeah, just, you know, this is the biggest professional league in Korea. We've got soccer that has made a lot of progress in terms of popularity and TV ratings. Kind of closed the gap with baseball last year, but baseball is still number one in Korea. You know, if you're covering sports in this country, covering baseball is the thing. This is the number one sport. So again, I've played a little bit of the game earlier in my life and I've been in love with this game for pretty much all my life whether it was the KBO or the majors you know for all my years of covering this league I can tell you there's never been this much interest internationally in the KBO until this year this is almost very surreal for me to you know be talking to you on this podcast I've been on ESPN their KBO coverage talked to a whole bunch of other people from the US and also in Canada asking about the KBO and talking about their interest in this league. Yeah, it's an absolutely terrific league. It's a league that I knew a little bit about before COVID-19 it, but at the same time, this is something that I'm finding out a whole lot more about. And I know that when the KBO is at its best is when you've got all the fans in the stands from everything that I've heard. It's like a really good rave. It's like a really good rock concert. Tell the people at home just a little bit more of what a KBO game is like when we actually have fans, because there's a lot of people like myself. We're enjoying the game, and this is without fans. 
If we're enjoying these games without fans, just imagine what it's like when you get thousands upon thousands of people packing these stadiums. Yeah, you guys are missing out, really. Not being able to watch KBO games without the fans in the stands. Quite a, literally, this is from the first pitch to final out, chanting and cheering and singing and dancing. KBO fans do not usually leave games early to beat the traffic. Even in blowouts, fans will stay on, just cheer on their teams until the final out even when their team's down by multiple runs in late innings. And every player has his own uh, walk-up song. Every player has their own, I guess, designated song. And fans memorize all these songs and lyrics. We've got the cheerleaders on the stage for both visiting and home team. They're sort of leading the cheers with the dance moves and the songs and playing drums and what have you. So it's pretty pretty loud, very, very loud, ruckus. And... I tell people that going to a KBO game with the fans is a great excuse to get drunk outdoors. Because tickets are kind of cheap. The concession is relatively inexpensive compared to major league ballparks. You can bring your own food. So you can do a lot of things in a KBO game. It's almost like, you know, you go out to a patio, sit outside, have a few beers, maybe grab some uh, fried chicken or pizza, and then a baseball game breaks out on the field. So I, I could tell you there's quite a bit of people out there who actually go to games but not actually watching games on the field. They're just out there having a good time with the friends and uh, family. That sounds like something that I want every bit of, as we do have G.O.U. joining me right here on the podcast. Sounds absolutely tremendous. And you mentioned the fact that the fans don't leave early, and I think a big reason why is something that we've seen on quite a few of these ESPN games the first week plus. The bullpens have not necessarily been doing a great <laughs> job of being able to put away these games, and that's putting it very politely. We remember the NC Dinos versus the LG Twins. The Dinos yeah. get up 6-0. The Twins wind up putting up seven runs in the eighth inning. We saw in that KT Wiz versus the Dinos game, I was someone that I thought the KT Wiz were going to win that game. Of course, they wind up giving up that two-run home run in the ninth. They blow it in the tenth. And what can you tell me about the relief pitching? Because it seems like the starting pitching has been very good, but there are a lot of teams that have not been able to close out these games, and that's putting it mildly. Yeah, you know, I was going to get to the bullpen issues, and it's been very adventurous, to say the least. Yeah, you're being really nice out there with the bullpen. I guess that's one aspect that makes KBO so interesting and so fascinating. You can never take your eyes off these games. No lead is safe. I guess one, either because the offenses can explode in any moment, and I guess also, too, the bullpen is kind of shaky. So right now, I'm looking at some stats. The league-wide bullpen ERA right now is 5.59. There's a couple of teams with a bullpen ERA of 8+, plus. two more teams with 7-something, and a couple more teams under 3, but usually it's around 4, 5, 6. And then bottom couple of teams with 8-plus ERA out of the bullpen. So, yeah, you know, the starting pitchers, teams have two foreign import uh, pitchers, a lot of them former major league guys. So they're the type of pitchers that are kind of on the cusp of majors, maybe a little better than AAA, but not quite good enough to crack the major league rotation. So they end up in places like Korea, and they kind of thrive. And when those guys have starts, they can usually go six, seven innings, have a quality start. And then when they turn things over to the bullpen, there's a whole new story, especially this year with a lot of blown leads, a lot of valleys after six or seventh innings. And I know that someone that just came over to the Milwaukee Brewers, Josh Lindblom, he was absolutely terrific in the KBO last year. The Milwaukee Brewers are the main team that I grew up with as a child. So I learned a little bit more about the KBO through just how he was able to get to Milwaukee as we do have Jiho Yu joining me right here on the podcast. And something that I know that's very interesting about the KBO as well is that 
unlike the Major League Baseball, who wound up juicing the ball last year, they actually de-juiced the ball towards the middle of the 2019 season. What we saw from there was just a big plummet in home runs. I believe that Byung-Ho Park wound up leading the league in home runs last year with 33 of them. He had a couple guys that wound up having the high 20s. I think that Hoying had like 29, something like that. Mm-hmm. But we saw a major outage in home runs last year. It seems to be picking up a little bit more. I know that there's been a little bit of speculation as to whether or not the ball is I guess you call it rejuice or not. What have been your overall thoughts on this? Because we certainly are seeing an uptick in scoring as compared to last season. Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of conspiracy theory going on. I don't think anybody really believes that we're using the same balls as last year. It's not just the number of home runs. It's just the way they fly out of the park. There's a lot of opposite field, maybe not lazy, kind of, you know, fly balls that look kind of may, you know, like ordinary and balls they would have been out last year, they're going out of the park. I don't know. Maybe it's the effect of having ESPN eyeballs on the KBO and they wanted to maybe make sure people in America, I guess other parts of the world would see a lot of runs being scored in the KBO. You know, numbers came out, I think earlier this week or last week that, you know, they're testing these balls every so often in terms of their coefficient of restitution, their sort of the numbers that whether these balls actually meet their league-wide standards. And the numbers show that they are within the standards. I just don't think people believe that. Of course, there's really no way to prove it. We hacks, we're not uh, really scientific kind of people. But um, yeah, just the way the balls are flying out on top of the sheer number of home runs. It's hard to believe that we're using the same balls as last year. Yeah, it is very interesting. Just taking a look at the numbers from last year as compared to the first week plus this year, it has been something to behold. And the team that has really been able to get it going on offense, the Lote Giants. And this is despite the fact that Deho Lee, who many people over here in the States remember from his time with the Seattle Mariners during the 2016 season, he's been a little bit in and out of the fold, but we know that Dixon Machado has come over to the KBO. He has looked very good with three home runs in the first week plus for this team. Just top to bottom, this team has been loaded, and this is a squad that was dead last in the KBO last year. What has really been the big turnaround for the Lotte Giants? Because I think that this is a very intriguing team for this year, and it has a chance to go from worst to in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, they got their five-game winning streak snapped just the night before. You know, last week, they won three out of the five games in come-from-behind fashion. They've been pretty resilient, scoring a lot of runs, capitalizing on the other team's bullpens, you know, hitting some home runs here and there. They're not striking out very much, which is uncharacteristic for this team compared to last year. But their approach has been good at the plate. Their pitching has been just good enough to keep them in the games. And you talk about guys like Dixon Machado, you know, when the Giants signed him, he was going to be a sort of a defensive minded signing and any offense that the team was going to get from him was going to be a bonus. But now he's got three home runs already. There's probably more home runs than he hit all last year in any organized baseball. So there's a pretty amazing start. With Deho Lee, he had a bit of a dizziness in last night's game. So he was taken out in the middle. No serious issues, but he just had to be rested for a bit. Turning 38 as, at some point this year. So he's kind of getting on his age. But when he's on, he still got the pop uh, in his back. And I remember having on a friend. He does pre and post game work for the Seattle Mariners. So he knows a little bit about Deho Lee back when he was with the Mariners a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Apparently he was suffering from a little bit of heat out in Texas because it gets so warm out there. And they were advising him to like drink some Powerade, Gatorade, one of those electrolyte beverages. Instead, he put down a six pack of ice cream sandwiches and took the field. So that's just what kind of guy <laughs> Deho Lee is. It's just one of those. Yes, that is awesome. Just one of those guys that you love being around. And it is just awesome to be able to talk about all these teams. And from the first week plus, we've obviously had a teams that have been able to do a little bit better than others. But 
Who's a team or two that maybe got off to a slow start that you think might be able to pick it up? Because I'm taking a look at the SKY Verns. They've had a Mm -hmm. rough start to the year, but I think that they might be able to pick it up because I actually do think that this is a team that has a decent bullpen. I'm not going to call it great by any stretch, but I did like what I saw out of them on, I guess you could call it Tuesday, because Nick Kingham, he just wound up having a bad start for the team. And then from there, bullpen only gives up one run. And I think that the Wyverns are going to be able to right the ship a little bit. I don't know if you have a little bit of a different team that you have your eye on, but that's right now mine out in the KBO. Yeah, so the Wyverns, they just have to hit a little better. The bullpen's numbers don't look pretty right now, but uh, their pitching is actually one of their strengths. And last year, they were in first place in middle of August, and then they actually blew that. They ended up in second place by losing on the final day of the regular season, or having Tucson Bears win on the final day of the regular season. The main reason for the collapse was their hitting. Their bats just went missing in the second half, especially from August and on. They've just got a hit. I think their pitching's fine. Even after losing Kwang Hyun Kim to the St. Louis Cardinals uh, over the winter, Nick Kingham is going to be fine, I think. Ricardo Pinto had a no-hitter going through, you know, I think six innings last time out. So they're one in five right now, but yeah, it's, there's a lot of baseball left. I think they're going to be okay. And another club tied at one and five in last place with SK. I'm looking at KT Woods. And so there's one team that I'm kind of intrigued about. Last year, they finished with the 500 record for the first time in franchise history and I think they're ready to take the next step at least I thought they were but kind of a slow start again there's a lot of baseball left I think some teams uh, above them might be coming down sooner rather than later I'm looking at KT and SK uh, incidentally tight at the bottom of the standings right now but I think they'll be able to climb up a little bit I do agree with you I do think that KT is going to be able to ride the ship what I like about them is that they've got some very good offense Rojas in the middle of that lineup he certainly is a power hitter and speaking of power hitters I think that you are doing some absolutely terrific work out there Jiho so I'd like to close it up with this I know that you're out there covering the KBO on a day-in and day-out basis with Yonhap News. And just let the people at home know a little bit more about what you're working on, sort of where they can get a little bit more of it in general, and how they can follow you on social media. Yeah, so you know, you mentioned my Twitter handle is J-E-E-H-O underscore one. That's the number one there. I'm actually flying solo pretty much. I'm the only person at my news agency covering sports in English. So, you know, I got to pick and choose in terms of what I cover, uh, not just in baseball, but probably in other sports. So I don't I don't get to go out to games every day, per se, but uh, I get to, uh, you know, go out of a couple of times a week, maybe, talk to managers, players after the game, and write about the games and stories and, and what have you. Again, there's never been this much interest and eyeballs on KBO until this year. So I don't know. I guess that puts a little bit of a pressure on me as well, personally, just knowing that more people are reading my stuff than before. But I'm just trying to deliver as much information as accurately as I can. And you're doing a great job of it. I saw your spot in ESPN a couple of days ago. Absolutely did terrific there. Did terrific here. And you're doing a just absolutely fantastic job of keeping up with everything that we're seeing in the KBO. So a big thanks to Jiho Yu for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time at which I break down every single game that we're going to be seeing in the KBO for Thursday as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. A big thanks to G.O.U. of Yonop News for joining me in the last segment. And now it is that time of the podcast in which I give you a side in total on every game on today's Las Vegas betting board in the KBO and something I like to call... 
Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed, at GNRS41. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order as per usual. I've said it a couple times on this podcast, but I will give you guys a reminder as well. Aside from really pinnacle, from everywhere that I'm seeing that you're able to bet the KBO, you're going based on team. Typically in Major League Baseball betting, you're able to do it pitcher dependent. That is not the case with regards to the KBO. So I do want to throw out there that, that disclaimer. So if you're wondering why I'm not listing the pitcher first, that is the reason why. So just a little bit behind the curtain because you never know when you're going to get a scratch. Some guy winds up pulling a tummy muscle, warming up, something like that. So you're betting on the team, not the pitcher. Unfortunately, you don't have that option aside from that pinnacle. But with that said, you do have the option of betting every game. And we're going to go through all of them. And that starts with... 304-641-304-642. The Henwa Eagles are going to be playing us to the Kia Tigers. The Tigers find themselves a slight favorite in this one. Pretty much across the board, they're a minus 115 favorite. If you're getting less than favorable juice, it's going to be a little bit higher. But at most of the books in which you have a dime line, they are minus 115. Meanwhile, Hanwha is minus 105. Your total on this game is 9. The over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And this is a spot in which Kia is going to be bringing out Drew Gagnon, yes, the former New York Mets, not so great. And then if you're taking a look at who Hanwha is going to be throwing out there, Jing Min Jae, and Min Jae is someone that certainly has not been able to get the job done in the KBO in his career, other than in 2012 when he appeared in one, count them, one game, he has had a 441 ERA or higher in every one of his years in the KBO. This is someone that, over the course of his last 10 appearances, I believe that that would be 8 starts and 2 relief appearances, he combined 768 ERA. This is not a guy that has been able to get the job done, and surprisingly, it's not necessarily because he issues a boatload of free passes because in 119 and a third innings last year, he wound up giving up 27 walks. That's actually really stinking good. Problem is, he allows quite a few balls to go over the fence. Last year, he wound up giving up 14 home runs, a little bit over a home run per nine innings, considering the ball was T-Juice. That's not necessarily great for Anwa. As we know, the offense has not necessarily been great, but that's where Drew Gagnon comes in. When he faced off against the Samsung Lions, one of the lesser teams in the KBO when it comes to being able to score, he wound up going five and a third innings in his first career KBO start, gave up four runs, three of which were earned, including a home run. When he was with the New York Mets, we all recall the fact that he had north of an 80 ERA in a couple years. That is not good, and I think that this is a spot in which both these offenses, which have been hit or miss, and I think that that's putting it very mildly, are going to be able to bust out. When you take a look at Kia, this is a team that has broken the four-run plateau in one contest so far this year, but what you do have to like is the fact that Preston Tucker has been able to give this team quite a few home runs. He's hitting above a 300, so he certainly has been a guy that's able to get the job done for this bunch. And then when you take a look at the middle of the lineup with someone like a Choi Hong-woo, they're really going to be relying upon this guy. He has hit 300 or greater in every one of his years in the KBO ever since 2013. He's always had some solid pop in the bat as well, at least 17 home runs in all of those seasons as well. So far this year, just one home run. He is hitting right around the 300, but he hasn't been drawing as many walks as normal as well. I do think that that's something that could turn around. And I think for Anwa, they are going to be able to get something out of Jared Hoying, their American-born player. He's had just one home run so far this year. I do 
do think that he's going to be able to get the job done. When you take a look at the top of the lineup, Jung Jin Ho has been able to do a very good job for getting on base for NY. He's currently hitting a 357 so far this year. And Ha Juk Suk has been doing a solid job as well. He's also hitting a 357, but it's really been the bottom of the lineup that has allowed Hanwha to not be able to bust out. They actually had quite a few hits yesterday. The 7, 8, 9 hitters all got a hit. You got to think that maybe they're going to be able to build a little bit of something there. And I do think that this is a spot in which both these teams are going to be able to get to four runs. But with that said, I think that Gagion is going to be able to do just enough to be able to give this team five or six innings. And I think that Anwa is really going to be let down by their bullpen. I think that Min Jae is going to get just completely lit on fire. And I think that this is going to be a slugfest. And Kia is going to be able to take it convincingly. I'm going to be looking at the run line for the Kia Tigers. At some books, you're going to find this as low as like a plus 130. At most normal books, it's between plus 140 and plus 145, so you're able to get a good price here. So we're going to be taking the run line here with Kia, and we're going to be taking this total over. 304-644. The Kiwoom Heroes are going to be playing us to the Samsung Lions. The Lions are going to be finding themselves an underdog here. You're seeing them right in the neighborhood of between a plus 145 and a plus 155. Meanwhile, with the Heroes, you're able to find them as low as minus 165, but at a lot of books, you're going to be finding them more around minus 175 and minus 180 based on the juice. And your total on this game, it is 8.5. The over is juiced anywhere between even a minus 120, and so is the under. So you really want to be taking your book here because whether you like the over or the under, you're probably going to be able to find even money, which is always something that is very appealing. And this is a situation in which I am going to be trusting in the bounce back spot for the heroes because with Ki Woom, they are going to be sending Lee Sung Oh out there on the mound. And for Samsung, it is going to be Choi Jae Hong. And Choi Jae Hong is someone that actually closed out by a season solidly. He gave the team a 6-6 record, 481 ERA, but he was a little bit more effective towards the end of the year. Gave up a little bit less than a home run per nine innings. Here's the big thing, though. He has a little bit of a walks issue. Gives out more than three walks per nine innings. This is a Kiwoom team that their American-born player in Taylor Motter, he is absolutely terrible. I remember covering him with the Seattle Mariners. I've said this on this podcast several times. The guy couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. I remember he was complaining about not getting reps. Dude, you got hit better than a buck 85 to get at bats. I mean, jeez. The flowing hair, I'm not a fan of it. But what I am a big fan of, Byung-ho Park. This is someone that spent some time in the major leagues. He wound up leading the KBO in home runs last year with 33. That was after the ball was he juice. It's off to a little bit of a rough start so far this year. Only hitting a 200. I do think that this is going to be a good breakout spot for him. And then you take a look at Kiwoom. This is a team that they're able to get some production more towards the bottom of the lineup. You take a look at a guy in Kyung Hae Sung. He wound up hitting 286 for this team last year. He so far this year just has not been able to get it going. In 12 at-bats, only one hit. I do think that this is something that's going to be able to turn around. And then you even take a look at the 9-hitter in Park Jun Tae. He's been able to hit a 353 so far this year. On-base percentage north of a 500. So he's been able to do great there. And then when you take a look at Samsung, Tyler Saladino, much like Taylor Motter, I just think that he's a completely useless American player. He's batting a buck 74 so far this year. I am a Milwaukee Brewers fan. I remember when he had back-to-back grand slams. Those were the only RBI that he had in a Milwaukee Brewers uniform. He just got really lucky on two pitches. You took him deep. That's all that he ever did in his Milwaukee Brewers career. And with Samsung, this is a team that they've had their struggles on offense. It does seem like they should be able to bounce back a little bit. 
Parquet Min, he only hit 239 last year, but in the previous five years he had been in the KBO, he had hit at least a 284. This year he's off to a 161 start as yet to draw a walk. I think that he's going to be able to get on base a couple times. I do think that we're going to see a little bit of a higher scoring game. I do think that this is a spot in which Samsung, who didn't necessarily go to the bullpen a lot, but did have to use their more trustworthy relief arms yesterday, are going to be a little bit gassed with that regard. I think that the less than trustworthy bullpen arms get out there, and I think that the heroes are going to be able to hit them and hit them hard. I'm not going to trust the heroes on the run line in this spot just because they have been a little bit dicey with that regard, so we are going to wind up laying the money line here with the heroes, but we are going to be taking this little over. I think that there's a good chance that both these teams are going to be able to approach four. I think that the heroes wind up getting the job done in this spot. We move on to 304-645-304-646. The LG Twins are going to be playing us the SK Wyverns. Wyverns are going to be finding themselves a pretty significant underdog. You're able to find them as high as a plus 150. I'm seeing a lot more plus 140 to plus 145 depending on your book. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the LG Twins, you're going to find them as low as 165. I'm seeing them in some places as high as minus 185. And your total on this game, it is 9.5. With the over, it is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110 juice. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. And with the LG Twins, they are going to be looking for a little bit of a bounce back start out of their American-born pitcher, Tyler Wilson. Meanwhile, going for the SKY Burns, it is Park Jun-Hoon. And Mr. Jun-Hoon was 8-11 last year, but was actually a pretty solid pitcher. He wound up being able to eat some solid innings for the team. He wound up giving the team 144 innings and 28 starts, 388 ERA, was let down a little bit because he wound up giving up 10 runs that were unearned, so that was a little bit of an issue. He gives up about a home run per 9 innings. Here's what he needs to work on, though. Walks. Last year, he gave out right around three and a half walks per nine innings. That certainly is not going to get the job done. And with Mr. Tyler Wilson, he got completely lit on fire when he went up against the NC Dinos a few weeks ago. He wound up going four to third innings, gave up seven runs, all of which were earned. But you take a look at what he did in the KBO in 2019. He was superb. 292 ERA, 14 and seven record. He does a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. 185 innings and gave up seven home runs. I think that part of the reason why he struggled is because, as we know, a lot of the American-born players they wound up traveling back and forth to random places. And when you got back to South Korea, you wound up having to have a 14-day quarantine, so these guys were unable to throw. I think that that last start was the way that Wilson was able to get the rust out of him, so I think that that is certainly going to be able to help him out. And when you take a look at what the Twins have been able to do on offense, they certainly have been able to launch it. This is a squad that at the beginning of the year, they were struggling a little bit with that regard, but they have scored at least five runs in each out of their last four games. They certainly have been able to assure that up. And what you got to love about the LG Twins is that at the top of the lineup, Kin Su has been able to do a very good job of being able to get on base for the squad, hitting a 484 so far this year. We all remember his time with the Phillies and Orioles in the MLB. And speaking of the MLB, Roberto Ramos last year spent a lot of time with the Colorado Rockies organization. And this might be one of the best power hitters out here in the KBO. All right, three home runs so far this year, hitting a 407. Why the Rockies didn't give him more at-bats and more opportunity? The world will never know, but I do like what I'm seeing on this LG Twins lineup. And the LG Twins have had one of the better bullpens that you're going to find in the KBO. And Escape, if there is one thing that they can hang their hat on, it is the fact that their bullpen the last couple years has been solid. They were down so many runs yesterday, which they trotted out there. They're less than trustworthy bullpen arms. So I do think that we're going to see a little bit of a better bullpen performance in this game from SK. 
Here's the problem, though. They're just not really getting a whole lot of offense at this point. Jamie Romack, he's hitting at 231 so far this year. He was either second or third in the KBO last year in home runs with 29. So far, he's got as many home runs as one Greg Peterson. So that is obviously not a good sign. You take a look at what they're getting at the bottom of the lineup. Jung Hun is right now hitting at 200. Last year, he had 079. Not 179, not 279. 079. That is what we call not good right there. Kim Chang Pyong, he wound up hitting a buck 78 last year. He's hitting a little bit better so far this year, but I think that that's going to be tailing off. I just don't have a lot of faith in this SK lineup. I think that this is a spot in which the LG Twins should be able to roll, and they should be able to roll in grand fashion. I think that Mr. Wilson is going to be able to get online. It's going to be a rough go of it for SK to really get past three. I think that LG, they're going to be able to get their five-plus runs in this one, but I think that the pitching from Wilson is going to be good enough, and the bullpen is going to be able to hold this under, and I think that LG wins this game by multiple runs. So we're going to take the LG Twins on the run line. If you're looking at this run line, it is in most spots a little bit of plus money. I'm seeing it at Circa currently, a plus 110. A lot of offshore sites have it more around a plus 115. I was able to get personally in the 120s, so I recommend the run line at any sort of a plus price in this spot, and I'm going to be taking this under as well. We move on to 304, 647, 304, 648. You've got the Lote Giants, and they're going to be playing also the Doosan Bears. The Bears are finding themselves a favorite in this spot. With the Bears, you're going to be laying anywhere between as low as minus 145, but I'm seeing as high as minus 170. So you're certainly seeing a range there with the Lotte Giants. You're going to be getting anywhere between plus 120 and I'm seeing as high as plus 145 in your total on this game. It's either 10.5 or 11. If you're seeing a 10.5, the over is going to be juice anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. The under is anywhere between even and plus 105. Meanwhile, if you're looking at 11, over is probably going to be right around minus 115 juice and the under is minus 105. And I do think that the Bears, after they wound up losing yesterday's game thanks to giving up three unearned runs, are going to be able to bounce back in this spot with Dusan. They certainly have been having absolutely no shortage of offense whatsoever. They have supplied at least five runs in all but two of their games so far this year. So, needless to say, they've been doing a very good job there. I will also say this with regards to the defense. It has not been good. They have given up at least six runs in all but two of their games so far this year. So, Dusan is unlike the Chicago Bears in that they're a very high-scoring team, and they're going to be trotting out there a man with one of the highest CRAs in the history of Major League Baseball for guys that have pitched at least 100 innings in Chris Flexen, and he is going to be going up against Park Si Wung, and Park Si Wung is someone that has not necessarily been stellar in his KBO career. He's had an ERA below a 420 once in his lifetime, and this is someone that only made a grand total of 24 starts the past two years, so he has been a little bit banged up when you take a look at that. I will say, recent form for him has been a little bit better. If you date back to the end of last year into early this year in his last 10 starts, 371 ERA, so he's been doing a better job because in each out of his last eight starts, he has been able to keep the ball in the yard, has given up zero home runs. You do have to like to see that. He is 24 years old, so a little bit of a younger guy. What has really been doing him in is walks. Last year, he wound up giving up nearly four walks per nine innings. That really doomed him. Year before, he gave up over six walks per nine innings, so that is no doubt an issue. And when, then when you take a look at Dusan, Jose Miguel Fernandez has been doing a great job of being able to set the table for the team. He led the KBO when it comes to total hits last season. He has been doing a very solid job of being able to get on base so far this year, so you do have to like that. And 
And then their power hitter in Kim J. Wan. He right now is tied for the KBO lead with four home runs so far this year. And ironically enough, he's tied for the league lead with someone on the SKY Verns, which they have been very anemic on offense. So that shows you where they're at. But with that said, we've been hearing it on a lot of these ESPN broadcasts. When you get past the six hitter, typically there's a little bit of a fall off when it comes to a lot of these teams. But with Dusan, you've got a bunch of guys in the 7-8-9 hole that they're able to do a solid job of being able to get on base. You take a look at their 7, 8, and 9 hitters. Only one of them is hitting below a 265 so far this year. So they, you do have to like to see that. And with Lote, they have scored 7 plus runs at all but one of their games. But Deo Lee, 37 years old. We heard it from our man, Jiho Yu. He's getting up there in years. I think that that's going to be having a little bit of a fall off. Dixon Machado has been great so far this year. Three home runs, hitting a 346. I think that he's doing for a little bit of regression as well, though. And I think that this is a spot in which the Doosan Bears are going to be able to get something out of Chris Flexen. I think that Flexen is eventually going to be lit up like he was in the MLB, but I think that just the style of pitching is going to throw the KBO hitters off for a little bit before they see a little bit more tape on him. And Flexen in his first start wasn't great, but wasn't bad. He wound up pitching against LG. He won six innings, gave up three runs. He gave up quite a few hits, but what you had to like is the fact that he wasn't giving up walks. I think that that's going to be the difference in this one. I think that Lote is going to be giving out too many free passes. Meanwhile, Flexen, he's going to be able to go six, give up like two or three runs, and just keep things out in front of him. So for that reason, we are going to be taking the money line of the Nusan Bears, and we're going to be taking the total under, and we wrap things up with 3046 49, 304, 650. The NC Dinos are going to be playing us to the KT Wiz, aka the KT Smiling Blobs. And if you were looking at the blobs earlier on Circa, they actually opened up at plus 175. This has dipped quite a bit. You're going to be finding the Smiling Blobs, aka the KT Wiz, anywhere between plus 140 and plus 160. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Dinos, you're going to find them as low as minus 160, but if you've got bad juice out of book, you might find them as high as $2. And your total on this game, it is anywhere between 9.5 and, and 10. If you're looking at the 9.5 over a juice of minus 120, the under is even. If you're looking at the 10, over is just a minus 120, and the under is once again even. So that shows you right there that you've got quite a range between the circuit book, which has 9.5, and, and a lot of these offshore books that have 10, but with that said, we are going to be taking this total under. I do think that the smiling blobs, they are not going to be going to the well once again with their closer, Lee Dae-yoon. We have been looking for who would be the Fernand, oh no, Rodney of the KBO and it is unbelievable how bad Lee Dae-yoon has been. He has already blown two saves. The KT Wiz, aka Smiling Blobs, have one win, so he's got more blown saves than they do wins, and he has been absolutely atrocious so far this year. You gotta think that he's gonna be out the fold for this one, but with KT, they will be sitting out there Bay J. Sung, who's going to be taking the mound, and he was pretty solid for the Smiling Blobs last year. 10-10 record, but a 3.76 ERA. What you like about this kid is he does a good job of being able to keep the ball in the park. 131 and two-thirds innings last year. He only gave up six home runs. Walks can be a little bit of an issue. Gave out nearly four free passes per nine innings, but what you have to like is recent form as well. This is a young kid, 23 years old, 236 ERA over the course of his last 10 starts, and he went 6-3 and three in that time span as well. So he's been doing a great job there and has not given up a single home run in his last eight starts. So I do like that. Meanwhile, when you take a look at the flip side, it is going to be Kujang Mo, who is going to be going for the NC Dinos. And this is someone that also is a little bit of a young 23-year-old, and he was very solid for the Dinos last year. 320 ERA, 10-7 record. But here's the thing with him. He's going to give up a little bit more of a long ball, more around .9 home runs per nine innings. He'll give up his free passes as well. A little bit over 
3.6 walks per nine innings. And over his last 10 starts, he has a 4.26 ERA. So he has been a little bit touched up there. And the big reason why is because he's given up eight home runs in those starts. So he certainly has had a little bit of a fall off. He's one of the better strikeout pitchers that you're going to find in the KBO though. And what we do know about the NC Dinos is that this team is going to put up runs and they are going to put them up in bunches. They have scored at least four runs in every one of their games so far this year. And they're a team that... They give them up as well. You take a look at what they've done recently. They have given up at least three runs in all but two of their contests so far this year. If you take out the season opener, they have given up at least three runs in five out of their last six games. So this is a bunch that they're willing to give it up. And with the smiling blobs, what you do have to like about this team is the offense. Mel Rojas is someone that really tore it up in the KBO last year, was one of the top players with regards to home runs with 24, hit a 322, and he's off to a great start this year. 452 batting average, only one home run, but you got to feel like the power is going to come. He hasn't been taking too many free passes, but I think that the top of lineup is going to do a better job of setting the table. Simu Jun is one of the best players when it comes to having wheels. I remember seeing him on ESPN and seeing his speed on full display. He is absolutely terrific. And Kim Min Hyuk has been just in a big time struggle so far this year. Their number two hitter only getting a buck 25 last year. He had a 281 and this is someone that sold 22 bases last year. Very willing to run as he was caught stealing 10 times as well. But with that said, he does have the wheels. And then when you take a look at the NC Dinos, just about everyone is a fearsome bat. Aside from their American born player and Aaron Altair who as you know on this podcast he is known as Aaron Alterable. He's missed a couple at-bats so far this year due to injury. We all remember the fact that he hit a buck 23 in the majors last year. That is not good, but you take a look at Nasung Bum. He has been Far from a bump so far this year. He has been saying bum bum Paulas. He hit four home runs last year. He's already up to three this year. Now, the four home runs last year is a little bit deceiving because he only played in 23 games when he played a full 144 games late the year before. He had 23 home runs, but he certainly has been able to tear it up so far this year. And then you take a look at the bottom of the lineup for the NC Dinos. You've got a bunch of guys that they have been doing a solid job of getting on base. Sands at number nine hitter and Kim Sung Wook. He is only hitting about a 133, so you throw him out of the equation and Lou Won Jay, I will say this as well. He has been platooning with Kim Jae Hong. He certainly has not been able to get the job done, but Chen Hong last year hit 277 for this team in a little bit of a platoon role, so I do like what he's able to bring. And then you've got Park Min Woo, who at the top of the lineup has been doing a great job of being able to set the table. Has hit at least 300 in every one of his years in the KBO ever since 2015, hitting 310 once again. Not necessarily going to be a power guy, 16 career home runs, but the big thing with both of these teams is being able to put back to ball. You've actually got two decent strikeout pitchers, which I think is going to limit the speed of both of these teams, which is why I'm going to take the under. But I do think that BJ Sung is going to be able to get the job done in this spot. I like his recent form. And with KT, they're not going to be bringing out our good buddy who's unbelievably terrible recently. So I actually think that the fact that KT's not going to have their normal closer is going to lead to them being able to be a little bit more trustworthy in the bullpen. So we're going to take our good friends the smiling blobs on the money line and we're going to be digging this total under. And now we'll wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast here on a lovely Wednesday for the Thursday morning games. Big thanks to Jiho Yu of Young Hop News for joining me in the last segment. And if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you ever have a question for the podcast, write it into my timeline at 1841. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. And I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. 